Welcome to Periop Talk, the perioperative-specific podcast where we discuss how to make surgery safer one podcast at a time. From Q&As with AORN guideline authors to interviews with OR nurses just like you, our goal is to always share practical information for you to take back to your OR. Hello, I'm Renee Battier, the Vice President of Nursing at AORN. I'm here today with Pamela Hunt, a national nursing expert on productivity, to talk about making a business case for quality. Thanks for joining us today. So Pam, sometimes it's easier to recognize the cost of bad quality, but good quality isn't free, and there can be some hidden costs that aren't real apparent. So can you talk about what are some of those hidden costs that I need to take into account in making my case for that quality and how do I get at those? Hi, Renee, and thanks for having me. And what a great question. Uh, Oftentimes it's easy for us because we have quality scorecards. We have quality metrics that we're trying to achieve and we know how much the lack of that achievement cost us. But what about, I call them that those are tangible. What about the intangible effects of not providing a quality environment or a quality product to the patient. And those are such things as uh, staff morale. You know, all of us as caregivers want to work someplace that we're proud of. And for those of you who may be listening to us and maybe you've worked in an organization that had a really uh, serious safety event that, um, you know, made you feel bad. When, when, When you work for some an organization that doesn't provide an environment that you feel that you can provide a high quality patient care experience, then the the cost of turnover, because I may look for somewhere else to work because of that constant and that consistent environment that's putting uh, me not only at risk, but me probably in a situation where I'm not finding joy at work. And if anything, in uh, the last few years, and especially in the last year, we understand the significance of feeling joy at work. Uh, Another intangible that I don't wanna forget talking about is the, the risk management. So if you are in an organization that does have a lot of risk events, that consumes resources. It consumes resources to you know, drill down to do the root cause analysis, to understand the the problem and to to create a solution with the team. So that's a big uh, consumer of resources. Another piece of that is that just like our, uh, so when I I teach this content, I do a lot of cross-referencing to our home budgets. So I'm going to cross-reference to your home budget and your auto budget. So when you have a lot of car accidents, your insurance premium goes up. When you are safer, your insurance costs go down. And the same thing occurs for your organization. Uh, They obviously have to pay malpractice insurance and many of them employ providers now, so they um, cover that in their insurance as well, as well as workman's comp. So those costs, uh, when we have an environment that is not safe and we have a lot of claims, 
those insurance premiums are going to go up. So that's an intangible cost sometimes that we don't think about too. I'm going to give you a couple more. One is uh, the cost, the intangible cost of uh, public opinion of your organization. Uh, and uh, for those of you who may have had a serious safety event and you know, uh, you know, it made the papers or it made media and you know how that felt and you probably most likely experienced a decline in volume immediately after that event until your organization was able to gain trust of the community back. So that's, that's another intangible, if you will. So um, there's a lot of intangible costs uh, in the OR. If, if there is a, uh, let's say a, a pressure ulcer, uh, we've seen this before in the OR, a pressure ulcer occur that creates an extended length of stay for that patient in the inpatient world, uh, that's, that's a tangible cost, but we may not, it may not be as visible to us in the OR. I think something else that I don't want to leave, and this is something we don't think of a lot of times, is um, if I were trying to justify an additional staff person, especially maybe it was a uh, transporter or somebody to help with holds and lifts in the OR, I would go back and look at my employee back injury history to see how much we had paid out in uh, in back injury and in treatment of that back injury of our caregivers and also of lost days of our caregivers due to those kinds of injuries uh, in making that business case. So. Uh, sometimes the things we need to look at aren't as obvious as the quality scorecard. Great point. Great point. So there can be some key stakeholders for a periop leader to make sure that they're covered and they aren't always the same ones. So can you um, give us your thoughts about how to make sure they're identifying the right stakeholders for the kind of things that they're doing? Yes. Uh, one thing, one thing I want to say before I start naming uh, job classes of who I think key stakeholders is, is uh, for the perioperative leader to learn that they don't have to do this alone, nor should they do this alone. Uh, it's great to be that person that wants to support the staff, that wants to support the caregivers, that wants to bring these ideas forward. But understanding as a leader, our work should be collaborative with the entire care team is so important. And um, it just makes everybody work better together. So with that being said, uh, you know, oftentimes a key stakeholder is your chief of surgery or the chief of the service that you uh, are moving forward, whether it's a piece of equipment and a, uh, a supply, et cetera. Uh, oftentimes those individuals can be real key stakeholders to you. Uh, somebody that we sometimes leave out is our quality professionals. And I had in reflecting on this, I had a president once that uh, said to me, quality's main role in an organization is to look at what's wrong. And he's right. Quality's main role is to look at what's wrong. And that's why sometimes leaders, uh, perioperative leaders, med surge leaders, critical care leaders, oftentimes have a more of an adversarial relationship with quality 
than what we should have because they, quality, are looking at what's wrong, bringing it to our attention. So what happens if we as operational leaders invite them to the table to solve that? Instead of looking at it as they're telling us we're doing something wrong, they brought it to our attention and let's work as partners to get this done. And, you know, um, I, uh, I obviously needed that message when that was told to me. And so uh, reached out the, the hand to the other side of the table, if you will. And it's amazing what you can get done when you work together instead of when you work separately. Another key partner, another key stakeholder is finance. And uh, some perioperative leaders would be, no, no, please don't make me work with finance. I, I will stress in the series, find somebody in the finance department that is your finance buddy, and you help educate them on the clinical aspect of whatever it is you're working on, and they educate you on the finance aspect of it. And it makes, I'm going to go back, I'm going to circle back, it makes more joy at work for both of you. Absolutely. Can be your best friend in a whole lot of ventures. We've been talking a lot about leader, that viewpoint, um, but the circulator in, in the room is running that team. And so are there some perspectives of for a staff nurse to be understanding about the interaction of cost and quality? I'm glad you brought that up, Renee, because I actually was a OR director for over 15 years, perioperative uh, service leader. And I always thought that the more I can teach and include everybody in the department in the importance of quality, and the importance of the business of our department, the stronger that we would be as an entire division. So for instance, uh, there are all sorts of things that the perioperative leader can do and can include that perioperative nurse in the discussion. Uh, such things as uh, how much supplies cost. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to use every supply that we need for that patient. But it does mean that everybody in the room, the circulator, the, the if the CSTs in the room, uh, you know, a transporter, a, a non-licensed person, everybody in that room should understand that we don't waste that and, and what the waste cost us, that we only open things when uh, they're needed or when we know they're going to be needed. Um, the value of having a staged area where I have supplies in the room, but they're, they're back up to what I uh, need at the table. Um, the value of, you know, such things as uh, our linen usage. So we talked a lot about uh, what was value added to the patient and what was not value added to the patient and about being very selective about what we opened what we used and uh, making sure that everything was value added to the patient. And it, it, I'll take that a little bit further. Uh, we once a year would do a breakdown of our payer mix in the OR mm -hmm. and uh, payer mix in the OR 
and payer mix in the organization as a whole. And I would do a little discussion of that at a staff meeting. Now, believe it or not, I don't think anybody fell asleep. You think, oh man, they're not gonna be interested in that. But what was really interesting is uh, we, the organization I was with at the time actually had worked with the community to partner with a, uh, a indigent care clinic. And because we did, the next year, we could see the difference in the payer mix that our, our charity care and self-pay went down and our insurance percentage and our um, you know, government percentage went up. And, and we talked about that of, of those patients that would perhaps access care through the ED now had a place to go to access care through the, uh, the clinic and how that really benefited the hospital. Even when at first it was like, why are we getting into this business of providing free care? And, and that was important. Uh, now that was important for us in many reasons, but uh, we were asking nurses to, if they felt so desired uh, to volunteer some time at that clinic. And so it was a way of giving back to the community, but also helping everyone understand and connect that to the overall health of our organization. So, you know, it's a fine line. I'm going to tell you that you don't want to, uh, you don't, you never want to be perceived as feeling that finances, uh, your team feeling that finances are more important than quality, but bringing those together, having that conversation, having full transparency. Uh, and, and really asking again, I'll go back to asking for their help to help you with this important work. It takes all of us to, to do this important work of providing health care to our patients. Absolutely. I think you do a nice job of showing how we do need to know the cost of what we're doing. And we need to understand how it really does impact quality and in the interaction of those things at all levels. So what would be one good takeaway for a periop leader uh, from today's conversation, as well as how they can look forward to more in the series that we'll be doing? Yeah, thanks for asking that, Renee. So a couple takeaways, include the team. Include the team in ideas, include the team in suggestions, include the team in problem solving, uh, and include the team in the hard conversations too about, gee, which do we uh, select because there's a cost to both of them and we wanna provide what again is value added to the patient and is gonna do the most good, you know, get the most good for uh, what we are paying for it. And as that perioperative leader, don't think that you have to do this alone. Uh, this is not about going it alone. It's about leading the team to be successful. Absolutely. Great comments. Thank you so much, Pam, for joining us today. If any of you listening have enjoyed this as much as I have, please join us. Pam is hosting a three-part interactive series to help you master your quality initiatives and so much more. Learn more about how you can receive a certificate of OR Leadership Mastery by visiting aorn.org backslash quality or by clicking the link in the description. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll share this podcast with your colleagues, and we hope that you'll join us next time for Periop Talk.